Welcome to Enter the Glory Zone with me, Dr. Edith Davis, on 94.1 FM, Wave 94. Spiritual believers and listeners, I would like to continue our conversation from last Friday when I talked about the blessed life and the beyond the blessed life, both written by Pastor Robert Morris at Gateway Church in Fort Worth, Texas. So, why is this so important? Why does the Holy Spirit have me teaching this at my church, which is um, All Nations Church, formerly known as Christian Heritage Church, now All Nations Church, located in Tallahassee, Florida, Cher Road. It's like right across the street from Fun Station and around the corner from Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> but anyway, I'm teaching that class at 9 a.m. Sunday mornings. So why has, why has God got me teaching the class? I taught Beyond the Blessed Life. Well, I taught the Blessed Life in 2021. And it's basically teaching you how to become a generous giver. And why is that so important? Because it's the generous givers that walk in the abundant life. God can trust them with large amounts of money because they will pass it through to others. So it really deals with the heart. It teaches us about the spirit of mammon. It teaches us about the spirit of man mindset of the poverty mindset versus the materialistic prosperity mindset and how we need to be um, focused on the project mission mindset, right? Provision mindset, where God is the source, the only source. The focus is not money. If you ever think that money will solve any problem in your life, you have one of those mindsets, okay? You think, oh, all my... Troubles will be over if I just had enough money. I could have the best house and my whole life would be better or the best car. Or my kids could go to the best school. No, it doesn't work like that. And you can look at people who have died, have killed themselves, such as Kate Spade hung herself because her husband wanted to divorce her. Or how about Robin Williams? He hung himself as well. You will be amazed at how many wealthy and how miserable a lot of wealthy people are. Why? Because money can never take the place of God. God is the only one that can give you true happiness and joy and security. He's the only one that is, can be your source, your only source. He will never let you down. He will never abandon you. And he has a plan, a good plan for you. And mammon, money can never do that. You look at Steve Jobs. He, he would do anything if he could, he could have taken all his billions just to buy one more day on this planet. So it's important that we pay attention to what God says about how we should handle our finances, how we should handle our bodies, how we should handle our relationships, how we should handle our minds, how we should handle our um, time. All of these things are investment and God looks at the heart. It's never about money for God. And money is not an issue for God. 
But what is an issue for God is this. What is an issue for God is that he must be what? First. God must be first and he must be demonstrated in our tithe and offering. Period. It's the first thing. First thing off the top is his holy tithe and his holy offerings. Period. Also, our eating habits. We need to line ourselves up with the diet that God wants us. He wants us to eat healthy. He wants us to eat the foods that will strengthen our bodies, right? Not all this sugar and all these other things, right? He wants us to be well read. Yes, he wants us you to read the word of God, but there are a lot of other books that God also would like you to read. I never forget my first spiritual godmother, godmother Yvonne Crook, and she introduced me to the Living Bible, which saved me because the King James wasn't working for me. And she introduced me to two books, which I still have. The first one was Pigs in a Parlor, and it was phenomenal. It talks about Christians who have, you're not demon-possessed, but you are being distracted and so forth and so on by demons. And then also um, The Spiritual Life, The Spiritual Man by Watchman Nee. And those two books were so powerful. And I'm still trying to finish Devour. It's taken me over, what, 25 years to finish up. That's how deep Watchman Need book is, um, The Spiritual Man. And, of course, there, there are other books to read as well. But he wants, you, he wants you to increase, increase in knowledge, increase in wisdom, increase in insight and understanding. Right? Yes, yes, increase in insight and under what? Standing. So, as we take our journey on planet Earth, why is it so important? Since really this is our life on planet Earth, it's really short term. I mean, we can get up to 120 years. I know the Copelands will probably make that. Kenneth and Gloria Copeland, and um, but healthy and wealthy. But God, when we once we exit this 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 life, we go into eternity where we live forever. And guess what? We're going to have responsibilities. We're going to have jobs. We're not going to be sitting on a cloud playing a harp. And all of that is based on stewardship which is basically how did you handle all the resources, all the things that God gifted you with, which would include yourself, your body, your will, your emotion, your soul, your spirit, uh, your eating habits, your relationships. How did you handle um, your marriage? How did you handle your children and raising your children? How did you handle all your other relationships, your friendships, your job, right? He's looking at stewardship. He's looking at what did you do with the talent, right? And then, and of course, I explained about the talent, but I got some new information about the talent. It was um, Robert Morris, Pastor Robert Morris said, a talent back then in those days was equivalent to one year's salary. So the gentleman, the steward that got one talent, and it was based on what he had done in the past, which so it wasn't a good sign. 
He had one tally on. He had one year's salary. The other uh, steward had two talents. That was two years' salary. And then the last steward had five talents. That's five years' salary. A year's salary. That's that's a lot. And so God basically looks at us and He wants us because we are His children. And he's trying to teach us to manage the little things here so that we can manage the big things when we get to heaven. And some of us are given more responsibility even here on earth. So, yes, it is critical that we understand in the case of beyond the blessed life and the blessed life, the blessed life, Focuses on how to be a generous giver. Why is that important to be a generous giver? You can't be one if your heart's not right, if you're not a tither, and you have to be a good steward because you got to have extra money to give, right? You got to, God wants you to be, pay your bills. He wants you to pay your rent on time, pay your car note on time because you are representing what? Him. So God wants us to, um, pay our bills, and then he wants us to have what's left over. What's left over is whatever the Holy Spirit dictates for us to um, spend, right, where to distribute it. And so that's kind of what um, the beyond the blessed life is about, basically, good stewardship, and you can't be a good steward if you're not a a good, generous giver. You can't be a good generous giver if you're not a good steward, right? So it's been very, very, very interesting as we progress through these books on how God is trying to design us to handle more responsibility because for him, the most precious thing on this planet is the human soul. He wants people saved. He wants people going to heaven and having a wonderful time. Now, of course, it's great going to heaven instead of hell, but it'll be even better if you go there and you have some a, a nice opportunity, opportunity that reflects how you were a good steward of what God had given you, right? So that's kind of, where we are as far as um, the blessed life. And of course, it deals with the heart and it makes the most critical thing is God must be first. He must be number one and that's demonstrated in our walk by tithing and giving our offerings and doing what God tells us to do in regards to our eating habits and exercise habits and how we talk to people and handle people. Yeah. All of that is very, very important. Okay? So, we need to then, as we looked at Beyond the Blessed Life, which I think should have been taught first, it talks about stewardship, and we're all stewards. It's just whether or not you're a good steward or a bad steward. And one of the critical things that came out of this lesson so far is just the status quo. You didn't lose any money, but you didn't gain any money. is not good enough for God. God expects us to multiply. He expects increase. 
And so you will see people around you that are being given more responsibilities, have been given promotions, um, all sorts of great things because they are good stewards, right, of what God has given them. They're good stewards. So as we move forward in this lesson, one of the interesting things that came out of it is that we are the CFO, the chief financial officer of ourselves. And so what does that exactly mean, Dr. Davis? You are, I'm the CFO. That means that God holds you accountable for all the financial activities, for all the um, stewardship activities in your life. You as a chief financial officer are considered, you know, responsible. So so what does that mean, Dr. David? That means that we will have to give an accounting of how we handle our life, right? I never forget one time I had a dream, and the dream was, it was earlier, you know, my birth, I was born in April, April the 8th, and my birthstone is a diamond. And several years ago, God says, your price, Edith, is like rubies. So I kind of switched over to rubies, even though my birthstone is diamonds. And of course, I'm a geologist. So a lot of people don't realize that rubies are, are a lot of scarcer um, um, gemstones than diamonds. So diamonds are much more abundant than rubies are. And so, therefore, rubies are extremely costly, right? So, he said, your price is far behind rubies. So, I switched over to rubies. So, I had a dream. And it was this, you know, large-sized ruby I received when I got to heaven. I said, like, ooh, I get a ruby. <laughs> but anyway, um, we are going to be held accountable on how we steward Everything in our lives. I've already repented from some of the things I've done wrong in stewardship. But guess what? God, you can start right now. Don't condemn yourself. Ask Holy Spirit. Say, I forgive me, Lord, Daddy God, you ain't Forgive me, Lord Christ Jesus. Forgive me, Lord God, Holy Spirit. And I want to start now to be a great steward. And you start right now. And guess what? God will help you. He wants you to be a success. You know, um, my son has begun um, tithing. And of course he had his, you know, he got shook up and he stopped. And now he's starting up again. And I said, don't condemn yourself. I said, that's how it works. I said, your enemy's going to push you. When you decide that you're going to commit your tithe to God, he's going to push you and you got to stand and do it anyway. And once you do that, he's going to back off. But God is waiting in the wings to help you anyway, because he wants his children to be a success. So why is this book, The Blessed Life and Beyond the Blessed Life, so critical right now? Because we are about to enter an economic turmoil that the world has never seen before. 
And we need believers, spiritual believers, mature Christians to be able to walk in the supernatural in regards to their finances, walking in the supernatural in regards to their physical ability, walking in the supernatural in regards to the management of their time, walking in the supernatural in their relationships, walking in the supernatural in every aspect of their lives. And the, and it's very critical in the financial because we're going to be surrounded by baby Christians, toddler Christians, teenage Christians, and young adult Christians who are going to need a miracle. They're going to need a breakthrough. And, and God is going to use us, those who are sold out. We are living sacrifices. We are living sacrifices to God and we will obey him no matter what. Then God can trust us with reaching out and helping those who still have not made it to maturity, but eventually they will. So it's been interesting as I um, move forward in teaching this book, it just reinforces a lot of the teachings that I've already received. But I've already seen miracles. I've seen God supply part of my um, salary already for the summer. I've seen God supply money that was held up by the IRS, some of the money. Um, God has supplied protection of my children as they, my daughter, as she drives back to South Florida to go to college. God protected my son. When, you know, God protecting, when I think about the poor uh, elementary children, and I just, I just keep praying. I got to continue praying for all children. But the blood of Jesus, Psalms 91 is the real deal. It is the prayer of protection. So please pray this over yourselves, over your children, over your family and friends, everybody that you love. Pray Psalms 91 because they will protect you from the evil one. And that was nothing but Satan in the body of a human. That did that horrific thing And of course My prayer is that It will not just, I, I just I pray That it will not follow like Like the other shootings Where nothing is really done at the end Okay And that's all up to us You know I know that we have a constitutional right To bear arms And I am For bearing arms But why do we need to Two automatic rifles. Why do we, a 16-year-old, what does a 16-year-old need with a, two automatic rifles? That's, that's not what, what our forefathers had in mind when they said we have the right to bear arms. That was because we needed to be prepared if another nation such as England at that time was trying to take us over that we had the weaponry to protect our nation. But this has gotten out of control. And these are soft targets. These are defenseless teachers, defenseless children, right? So what does that have to do, Dr. Davis, with basically... Um, 
beyond the blessed life and the blessed life. Don't you know people get warnings? Don't you know all of a sudden your child didn't go to school that day? How about this? Um, don't you know, for example, there was a lady um, 9-11 and she had just learned Farsi. She was learning Farsi foreign language, which was quite a coincidence. And she was talking, you know, practicing her Farsi. And the guy said in Farsi to her, do not get on this plane. Well, she tried to go find somebody to tell them what he had said when they lo- they load up the plane and she didn't get on the plane. Well, that was one of the planes that crashed in 9-11. So when you walk in obedience in the little things, God opens up and reveals things to you. He takes care of his sheep. Oh, Dr. David, that seems so unfair. No, it's about a relationship. Okay, and for, you know, and just like Noah's ark, God had Noah talk to those people for, I think, 125 years. He kept saying, it's going to rain, it's going to rain, it's going to rain. And they said, what is rain? And as he built the ark, they sat around and drank and talked about him. And, you know, and he reached out for 120, I think 125 years, something like that. And then... It was over. He loaded up all the all the animals got loaded up. Noah got loaded up, and God Himself shut the ark door. And there were no windows on the side because He did not want His children to see all the people that were going to die. Well, you say, "Well, that's unfair, God. That's not fair." But God told them over and over again, "Turn to Him." The people of Nineveh did it. That's right. The people of Nineveh, they were wicked. They were, they did some wicked stuff. And guess what? God sent his prophet Jonah and Jonah hated the people of Nineveh so much because they had done some atrocities to the Jewish people. And he just couldn't, God told him to go and tell them that in so many days they were going to be wiped out because the wickedness was just, mm. God couldn't take it anymore. And Jonah went opposite direction, jumped on a boat, (laughs) going in the opposite direction. And God caused a storm. And he finally, and and Jonah told him, he said, it's because of me. And they threw him overboard and the the storm ceased. But God had a, a fish open up his mouth and swallow him. And guess what? He was in that belly for three days. And then when he repented and said, okay, God, he, the fish spit, spit, up, spit him out on the land. And, and God said, go to Nineveh. And what did he do? He went to Nineveh. And he told, he said exactly what God said. And he knew. That's why he didn't want to do it. He knew that they would repent. And they did. They repented. And guess what? God didn't destroy them. Now, a hundred years went by and they fell back into their old ways again, but this time they got destroyed. So a hundred years later, Nineveh was destroyed. But God, above all, he wants us to prosper and be in good health. God loves every single person on this planet. God has a plan for every single person on this planet. 
And he has instructions on how to handle our finances. And if you obey, if you can be trusted, you will have the power to multiply your finances. When other people have no other resources, you will have the resource of God. Yes, you will have the resources of God. He will step in. And bail you out. Money is not an option with God. It's not a big deal with God. What God wants to know is your heart. Right? And unfortunately, we try to deceive ourselves and saying that, y'all, you know, um, I, I, I'm not into money like that, you know. But when you get squeezed, which is what's about to happen to uh, just about everybody on planet Earth, When you get the big squeeze, what comes out then? That's where your heart is. I never forget. I've been, I've gone through some serious trials and trials and tribulations lately. And I never forget when, um, I, I got up from the chair and I realized the blood had been cut off from my left leg. So it was extremely painful to have the blood come back in my leg. But you know what came out of my heart? My girlfriend, Gwen, was held. She was on the line with me, praying for me as I went through that. It was 72 hours of severe pain. But what happened was I thanked God with every pain because I knew he was restoring my leg back to me. And it was painful. But I got my leg restored back to me. So let's go back to beyond the blessed life, okay? Beyond the blessed life, God is first, Make sure that your heart is right. Make sure that your mindset is correct, that you're not a poverty mindset. Poverty mindset goes like this. Somebody pays you a compliment. They say, oh, what a beautiful car. And you turn around and say, oh, it was nothing. Uh, matter of fact, I got it for half price or or somebody gave it to me, right? Or how about the... um the uh, prosperity materialistic mindset. You got a new car. Oh, yeah, man, I, I worked hard. I deserve this car. Yeah, God. And then you maybe even exaggerate what you paid for it. Yeah, you had another $10,000 on the ticket price. That's the materialistic mindset. But the provision mindset where God is our source, not the money, God is our source. We, when somebody says, you got a new car, he says, thank you. Or, you know, thank you, God. Because you know that you're not the source of that. You're not the source of that favor of getting a new car. So you got to get your mind straight, right? You got to get your heart straight. And your heart is straight when you look at your money and you know it's not your money, that it belongs to God. All of it belongs to God, but off the top. No matter what's going on, you give 10% and an offering off the top to the one and only true God. Then you know your heart is right. Then God can what? Trust you with more. He can trust you to put, give you more because you will help others that the Holy Spirit designates you to help. Right? And then we recognize that we are the CFO. We are ultimately responsible for this. We are God's bank. 
We are God's investment. And he wants a high return on his investment. Yes. It's, it is just awesome. And as we practice these things, a lot of people say, okay, well, when I get the money, that's when I'll tell No. If you can't do it when you have $10, and, and guess who said this? The Rockefeller, right? Rockefeller. He said you, if, he, if he hadn't tied off the $100, he wouldn't have been able. And then his, no, he said, I hadn't, if I hadn't tied off the dollar, which was $0.10, cent, he wouldn't have been able to tie off his, the first million he made, which is $100,000, right? So he, it's like, you have to be walking in this. You have to be practicing this. And you get tested every pay period. Every pay period, you're going to get tested. And, and guess what? I thank God that I pass most of the time. And if I don't, I repent. And I ask the Holy Spirit to help me. But I, I've seen God come through for me so many times, I can't afford not to tithe. Right? But yes, you are the CFO of you. Now, we're going to continue talking more about the blessed life and beyond the blessed life because I want you all to become mature Christians in the area of finances. So when everything starts to go down, you will be able to walk in the supernatural. You'll be able to walk on the waters of financial troubles <laughs> like Jesus walked on the water. And so you can welcome to join me at 9 a.m. on Sundays at All Nations Church, which is off of Share Road, across from Fun Station and around the corner from Chuck E. Cheese um, from 9 to 10. Thank you. I want to close this broadcast with Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, that the Lord has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You are saved. Thank you for once again joining me on Enter the Glory Zone, 94.1 FM, Wave 94. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be your